Well, I'm back, Kafkan Bond listeners, and a bit of a change-up from last week. I've, I've changed the intro a little bit because, Tony, I, I was looking through the windows of where we're sitting at the moment last week, and I seen you and Willard kicking back talking together. Yeah, and it was, uh, I, I just thought it was really interesting, Jamie, because we like to do this in one take, and you did that intro just four seconds ago and realised your microphone wasn't on. So isn't it amazing how you have a week off and you forget to turn your microphone on? I reckon I just make sure mine's on. Yeah, I reckon, <laughs> I reckon that's for the guy, the DJ, um, recording it. But <laughs> look, you did have a chat last week, and I'm back today. But Tony, I guess a bit of a match-up, but they tell me this time is going to be different. Yeah, you, you know, you always say when, when markets are booming uh, or markets are crashing, well, this time it's different. And it very rarely is. But there, there are, let's put it this way, it's more complicated this time. Yeah. It's a complicated situation with the markets having gone, come down over the last four to five months. And, you know, we, we and as we've always said, when markets come down, it usually creates uh, the Boxing Day event and some good opportunities. And it has this time around. Yeah. As you know, we've been... Uh, reconfiguring the portfolios to come more back into the Australian market, but it is more—it is certainly more complicated this time. At least, say, if we have a look at what started the last four bear markets and how long the bear markets actually have lasted for. But it is bear markets are usually short. Uh, some have been really short and sharp, yeah. and then you have the bull market that comes after that is usually longer and sustained. So it is certainly uh, more complicated. Yeah. So what's been, I guess, rocking the financial markets this year that has caused those losses? I think, you know, if you have a look at the last four, you know, very scary bear markets, as we might call it, they, they had one thing uh, thing in common, that they were actually caused by a single event. And even if you think of, for example, the, the tech bubble uh, back in uh, 2000, so, I mean... You had companies that they were just starting up a company, didn't even necessarily have a business plan, and they just started up and called it Arden.com, and all of a sudden someone would give you $50 million because this time it's different. Yeah. You know, so companies didn't have to make money or have earnings. This time it's different. They're all going to be uh, tech billionaires overnight. And a lot of that, if you think of 2000, realistically it was about six years after we have some great uh, good news stories in the tech industries, particularly, say, Amazon as an example. Uh, never mind, obviously, Microsoft and Apple. But, you know, Amazon at one stage had a P-E ratio of about 2,000. In other words, it was selling lots of goods but not making any money. But obviously it's now, on any given day, the second or third largest company in the world and still selling lots of goods, not just books, obviously, nowadays. So the, the tech bubble, and that was just over-exuberance, fear of missing out, reminds me of cryptocurrency in some ways. Um, and basically people were pouring all their money in because they all wanted to be, in that case, in the early 2000s, multi-millionaires overnight, whereas nowadays no one seems to be satisfied unless they can become a billionaire overnight with no hard work. <laughs> so so that was different. 9-11, of course, you know, planes flying into buildings, start of a war, total uncertainty, but once again it was a single event. You have the 2008 and 2009 financial crisis. That was a single event called fraud yep. in the financial system how a lot of people are still running around and not in jail is beyond me, but such is life. And then, of course, in 2020, we had the coronavirus pandemic. But if you have a look at, you know, even uh, the the 0809 lasted about 18 months to bear market, but the opportunity that came off the back of that was just enormous. So from even if any of those, if you had invested in the market, and we're just talking the S&P 500, so just be boring all the, uh, on that basis, if you had invested in that market just before every crash, you're still up thousands of percents. Yeah. Uh, now, some you know, 
22 years later from the tech bubble, 9-11, you know, some 20 years later, uh, 08, 09, obviously, what's that, uh, you know, what's that, 12 years ago, <laughs> so 14 years ago, mm -hmm. I should get my, and of course, the pandemic, the, you know, it's just, we've just forgotten two years of our lives. Yeah. Uh, but in respect to the markets, the markets, you know, once again, went flying up after that. So there was one thing in common, but this time it is actually different because there's a whole lot of developments. I think you're dying to ask me a question here, but... No, I was just going to say, well, we've seen all the bad media going around and what's actually happening. I think it's actually been in our face quite a bit about what's going on this year. Yeah, well, if you go back 20 years, we didn't have the social media no. and everything in our face and everyone's opinion, you know, so the, the amount of uh, viral, uh, you know, experts that all of a sudden were in a pandemic is beyond me, yeah. uh, where all these people were hiding. I thought they were motor mechanics or, you know, or public servants. I didn't know they were experts on colds and flus. But, um, but I think this time around too is that one thing that's really different is after every one of those bear markets, and especially after the 0809 uh, and the pandemic, is they were all supported in the US by the Fed or by the RBA in Australia, as an example. They were supported. They went out on a massive uh, money print. Yeah. And in the US, with the exception of, say, uh, Bear Stearns and Fannie Mac, Fannie Mae, and, um, of course, Lehman Brothers, the government bailed out everyone else. But they had to do that by printing money, raising money and issuing bonds, which is basically uh, a debt certificate, not backed by anything except a promise. So I promised Jamie that I will pay you $20 plus 10% interest over 10 years. Yeah. Uh, you give me your $20, I'll give you back $22, I guarantee it um, and promise you. Now, you'd like to think that a good, strong government will actually um, honour that promise. But what's historically seems to be happening is they do it by issuing new bonds. <laughs> so issue, issue new bonds to pay the old bonds, which in some markets is called a Bonzi scheme. So I think, though, the... Uh, why are you laughing? <laughs> so, so it's... Um, but I think, though, that they're all supported, whereas this time they're not. I mean, this time, if you have a look at the bond markets, the bond markets is a defensive side of the portfolio and the defensive side of the portfolios are not meant to have negatives. Yep. And since the, and it's also not meant to be positive tens or anything like that, but I think uh, this time round where it differs is the bond markets weren't supported because they were more worried about putting trillions of dollars into the economy to save small businesses and make sure people can still pay their mortgages. And unfortunately, all it did was, you know, the inflation has just risen nearly to double digits in some parts of the world, like the UK, uh, certainly very high in Australia and extremely high in the US. And now there's also the double whammy of talk of increasing corporate tax rates over in the US to be able to pay the debt of the money that they're actually given out. So it's, it's that bit of a perfect storm. And then, of course, uh, Russia's invasion um, of Ukraine. Um, hasn't helped either, and especially when you consider Ukraine as um, one of the largest commodity countries in the world, like Australia. It makes the vast majority of its money from what it digs out of the ground and what it grows on top of the ground, and then exports uh, globally when you're fighting a war. Uh, it's hard to keep mining uh, operations open, etc. So the, the basis is it is a lot more complex this time round, but Sometimes, you know, that complexity is that light at the end of the tunnel that's not necessarily a train coming towards you anymore, whereas it has been in the past as well. Yeah. So what do you see, I guess, the future and the next few months look like? 
Where's the crystal ball? <laughs> yeah, well, the crystal ball is Dr. Mav, who is our economist. <laughs> so it's uh, in some ways of trying to look at where we think markets are going to go. We do know the interest rates uh, will go. So between uh, Mav and between, say, Morningstar, they spoke at a conference talking about bonds. You know, there is looking at up to eight interest rate rises uh, of at least a quarter of a percent here in Australia over the next eight months. That's going to uh, certainly potentially lower inflation. But what if we have uh, minimum wage increases at the same amount, it's not going to dampen inflation, but it could cause large unemployment. You know, going from a 4% to a 6% unemployment rate, it would actually be quite devastating for people who are trying to pay rents or mortgages. Yep. Uh, because a lot of those people are going to lose their jobs. is not going to be at their uh, top wage bracket. It's going to be more at that sort of middle management or below. So that could cause a few issues. Um, and then, But what we see now is happening is that there's a bit more... It's like the markets have already factored in all that bad news and all the future bad news. So what it seems to be right now is we're still going to have volatility, at least in the markets, at least till the end of the year. But right now, for the last month, there seems to be what I call um, an upward trend volatility. So the market might lose 75 basis points or three quarters of a percent one day, uh, uh, and then come back 1% the next, or lose half a percent one day and come back 75 basis points the next. So although it's still very volatile, there is uh, a bit of an upward trend happening over the last four weeks, which has all given us all a bit of a sigh of relief because the first four months there was the same but inversed. So basically it was a case of your, you know, drop 75 basis points, rise 50 basis points, and you keep doing that on a daily basis, five days a week, uh, you know, 20 days a month over the space of four months, all of a sudden you're at negative 10%. And that scares people. So, and that's, you're talking about where things are going, what you have to then consider from that point onwards is, okay, so if you're you're 30, 30 years old, this negative 10% is not going to affect your retirement by $1 in retirement. It, you're still just going to have, because you've got 30 plus years, Jamie, of uh, compound interest within your superannuation fund, and you're going to be fine. Someone like me, who's a little bit closer uh, to that magical retirement age, um, it's once again, it's not going to affect. So if I looked at my super fund balance right now, which is down, just like everyone else's, yep. um, and I said, okay, I want to re- still retire at age 65, and at age 65, which is 12 years away from me, and at age 65, um, I'm looking at now the, where the market is and how that is that going to affect my income in retirement. If I wanted an income of 100000 a year coming from my superannuation in retirement, Right now, it might just mean that I'm going to only get 99500 a year. It's not going to really affect me. Somebody who is retired, it can be a little bit, it can affect them a bit more. So, and that's where you, if you're drawing an income already and the market is down, that's when it can have a, a bit of effect. But at the same time, there's also that opportunity of every time a market drops, what happens when you sort of get that upward trend. Now that might start, it might have started four weeks ago, it might start in eight weeks time, it might start in four months time, but you know the next 12 months is a boomer. Yep. And that's where that's where we're kind of looking at is valuations have come down enough to look at some companies and say, you know what, they're actually fair value again. 
Yep. They're not overpriced, which is why we've actually brought a lot of our investments back into the Australian market now. Different focus for different clients, I guess. So, absolutely. So it it's also comes down to the long-term uh, preservation. I mean, there's no use if you lose 10% of your portfolio, there's no use going to cash now uh, because our cash rates, uh, you're going to get half a percent back. So even if you went into something like, you know, a, a two-year annuity, I think is only paying uh, three and three quarters of a percent. So... You know, the, so even based on that, you're not actually going to get much back. But what you do have is the opportunity to either ride it out or use some of your defensive part of the portfolio to actually go into the market now. And even though it might be volatile, as I said, for the next six months, you know, over two years' time, you're far better off. doesn't matter whether you're 30 or 70. Cool. All right, Tony, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Jamie. Coffin Bond Podcast is a product from Coffin Bond & Co, which we are an authorised representative of Gown Financial. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of the Coffin Bond Podcast are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decision, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from the podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Kofkin Bond website, or you can find resources on the ASIC website and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Kofkin Bond & Co. and the hosts of the Kofkin Bond podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of the country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.